It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to go to the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button for interviews that you might have missed on the YouTube page. And, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. If you're new to the TWT tribe, welcome in. Twice a week, we give you the best in pro wrestling conversation. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget also my weeknight show that I host between 7 and 10 p.m. Central Time. It's called Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. We always have a fun time with that. Uh, you can hear my shows on the ESPN Chicago app. If you haven't downloaded that and you listen to my show, you should. The ESPN Chicago app, download it on any device that you have, and that way you can hear my shows or my podcasts on that same app, the ESPN Chicago app. I am fresh and back from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Did some G League basketball as a play-by-play guy for Grand Rapids, so I just got in. And I said, oh, today's Tuesday. We need to talk some wrestling because, after all, it is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. A number of things to talk about here on this episode of TWT. Um, One of them is AEW Revolution taking place in Chicago, the big pay-per-view for All Elite Wrestling. I'll tell you that the build for this has been tremendous. Chris Jericho against John Moxley for the AEW Championship. That is a terrific match. I think Moxley may win the championship here, and I'm okay with it because John Moxley has proven himself as um, a top guy in Japan. He's had a lot of really terrific matches there, so he's definitely in the, ma- the mix there. But John Moxley has worked himself into the AEW fray nicely. Remember him as Dean Ambrose when he was with the WWE, and he was always that guy that you saw, and you said, man, he's going to break out one day and be something. And I think he was good, but never great, I don't think, in the WWE. I remember him, as a matter of fact, in Florida Championship Wrestling when he first came in and had that battle with William Regal. If you haven't seen that, go to YouTube, or I'm sure it's on the WWE Network, the Florida Championship Wrestling days, when you saw John Moxley and John Moxley was there, and he was battling with William Regal in the psychology of those matches and the psychology of John Moxley. That was the closest thing to John Moxley that we saw in WWE, so it was very interesting for sure. So definitely I'm looking forward to that match with Jericho and Moxley for the AEW Championship. I think the build for this has been great. Actually, the build for a lot of these AEW shows leading into Revolution have all been terrific, so looking forward to that match. How about the AEW Tag Team Championship? Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page against the Young Bucks. Once again, interesting build. The reason why it's interesting is because we see Kenny Omega and Hangman Page having an issue. And I think it's pretty clear if you watch this show every week that there's a problem between the two. Hangman Page is doing his own thing. Omega is doing his own thing. And they're going to take on the Young Bucks. And I could see the Young Bucks winning the Tag Team Championships here. And Paige kind of going his way as maybe not necessarily a heel, but definitely someone that you can look at and say, hey, he's definitely going to be his own guy. But you know what? Even as a beer-drinking guy that does not care uh, about what people think, <laughs> that guy's getting popular. Everyone's saying, hey, hold my beer, hangman. Hold my beer. So that's kind of cool, right? It's kind of cool that people are getting into Hangman Page as a beer-drinking cowboy. Wait a minute. Haven't we seen this before? 
well, Steve Austin wasn't a cowboy, but you understand. People have this relationship with beer and just being your own guy and Paige is being that guy for AEW. Um, by the way, before we move on to the next big match for AEW Revolution, we need to point out something about Kenny Omega. We've seen this written many times. It's, I'm sure it's been said on many podcasts that Kenny Omega is not the Kenny Omega that we saw in New Japan. And that is clear that he's not the same guy. But he doesn't have to be. Kenny Omega was killing himself 20 plus dates a month doing four or five six star matches. I don't think I don't know if that's necessarily something that we have to see with Kenny Omega, but I think that as he gets comfortable more and more with the company, we will have him be in those great matches that we see in the past. Um, the idea that Kenny Omega is something way lesser than what we saw before, well, it's a different company and it's a different style. And Kenny Omega, at some point, he's going to be the top guy in this company. At some point, he's going to be the heavyweight champion. And we will see those matches on a regular basis. But him as a producer, him in this tag team, him kind of settling in, healing his body, I would say, I think that it's just kind of a, a, kind of a low simmer. We will see Kenny Omega once again have those great matches again. But the idea that Kenny Omega's kind of cashed it in and is just purposely not working hard anymore, well, that's how the booking goes. And the company's not even a year old yet. So let's just pause on this whole thing at Omega is uh, just laying in the weeds and not trying to work hard in these matches. The main event actually for me for a revolution is Cody against MJF um, because this is a steel cage match. It's the a much anticipated grudge match. This is old school. This is wrestling. To see MJF against Cody, this whole build has been great. Just like it has been with Jericho and with Moxley, Cody and MJF is the ultimate build in 2020 because they're telling a story old school. Here's the difference between the WWE and AEW. The WWE would have had Cody versus MJF on Raw or SmackDown or and then put it on a pay-per-view and then you move on to something else. They have time here in AEW to make sure there is a proper build for matches like this. Cody and MJF is going to be a to uh, just a great match. MJF is a guy who runs his mouth. Cody is a guy here that's gone through the gauntlet. He took 10 lashes to the back. I mean, on national television, on TNT for everyone to see. No fake, no phoniness with that. You could see the welts and the lashes on his back. That was great. And Cody did it for the company. He did it for, not just ratings, but he did it for the company. It's something that I could see Dusty Rhodes doing if Dusty would have thought about it years and years ago. It was the strap match in reverse in which the babyface gets the lashes. Because in years past, the babyface or the manager, I'm sorry, the, the heel or the manager of that heel team would get those 10 lashes. But Cody got all 10. And you just never see that. He took it for the rivalry. Uh, and then, of course, what happened in Atlanta at the State Farm Center, where you see Cody in that cage match and the move that he made off the cage against Wardlow was great. It really was something else. There was kind of a recreation, I think, in, in some ways of Dusty Rhodes against Big Bubba Rogers when Big Bubba was in the NWA, where it's like this unknown character. He comes out. He's the um, bodyguard for Jim Cornette. 
and Dusty Rhodes was battling against this unknown. Can, can Big Bubba work? Can he be a uh, top guy? Can he even wrestle? And the same kind of question marks came into this thing with Wardlow. Like, we know he's a big guy. We know he can, um, he, he can work out because we saw the packages, but could he wrestle? And he showed some signs. He showed some moves. But Cody came out on top for a reason. It's because that advances the rivalry. So cool. That that should be the main event coming up in Chicago for Revolution. Whether it is or not, I'm not sure. But it really should um, close the show. AEW Women's Championship with Nyla Rose against Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander, I believe, has some promise. But as I always say... Because you have television, especially you have two shows if you're AEW, you have time to have preliminary matches to build Statlander into something. We have seen her on several occasions. I think that she's that uh, she could really be one of the top women in that company, uh, despite what Jim Ross talks about with how big she is. In her last match I saw, it was like six references about how, how she's a bigger wrestler. Well, yeah. Yeah, she is bigger in size. Okay, I think we got that, especially if we're watching television. Nala Rose also is a bigger woman as well as AEW Women's Champion. I'm so glad that she's the champion. She deserves it. Rio, uh, I don't know if she's going to get a rematch or not, and I don't care. I never believed in Rio as champion, 98 pounds. I never believed in her. Um, people get on Marco's stunt. Um, but I, I've never got into Rio. I could. That, you talk about trying to suspend disbelief. That's hard with a 98-pound champion. Nonetheless, um, I'm happy for Nyla Rose as the AEW Women's Champion. Uh, her against Chris Statlander. I think that Rose is going to win, but this should elevate Statlander. It really should. I think that those two will have a good match. Rose will lead her because Rose is the veteran of those two. Jake Hager against uh, Dustin Rhodes. Happy for Jake Hager that he's going to get in the ring and fight. Here's the build. It wasn't even that much. A couple of weeks ago, Dustin Rhodes called out Jake Hager. It's like, hey, you just continue just to be the muscle for Jericho when you'll get in the ring. And just the way Dustin laid out that promo was not scripted. It was from his heart. And it got Hager's attention. And then there you go. You gotta get it nice, as uh, Josh Lopez says, a good Haas match between Rhodes and Hager. Um, there is there is some money in matches with Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hager and uh, some of the bigger wrestlers uh, in AEW. Um, I think the Butcher, seeing him in that um, uh, battle royal in Atlanta last week. I think that he could be something. He was one of the last contestants, I believe, in that battle royal. I like the butcher. I think that because he has a different look, got the mustache, and has that kind of 1970s look, they should do more with him. But again, it's about time. It, it, for AEW, it's not about trying to rush through matches or rush through stories quickly. You can build these wrestlers. It's okay to have a few preliminary matches to build your stars. And and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, if you're younger and you don't get it, because you might grow, grow up in the Raw Nitro era in which everything was um, a top match. What I'm saying is, is that it's okay to have a carpenter, a jobber, to take on some of these wrestlers to be able to accentuate the the bigger wrestler, the person that you're trying to push. It's okay to do that. And I think that for both companies, AEW, NXT, WWE, um, NWA sometimes, and Impact Wrestling sometimes as well, you don't have to have really good wrestler against really good wrestler. You can have really good wrestler against someone that's an upstart that eventually is going to be something. So you squash that person in three minutes to push the other person and say, hey, when this person puts this hold on, it's over. When this person puts on this finisher, it's over. 
that's what the preliminary match was for. You don't need an hour of those. That's, I don't want wrestling to go back to when I was growing up where everything was a squash match. But I think it's important to be able to have some of those matches kind of you know, sprinkled in so you can remember, hey, man, I saw this wrestler or these wrestlers as a tag team squash this tag team when they put on this maneuver or when they did this. So it's okay to do that. So I'm looking forward to uh, Revolution taking place in Chicago, the first pay-per-view for AEW in 2020. I mentioned on the last edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday when I was rolling through the hood uh, in Hammond, Indiana. I was just talking to you while I was in the car traveling, uh, going to yet another destination. And I was talking about how I don't believe NXT is something that's less than. I believe that NXT has proven that it is a viable brand in the company. Uh, it is drawing ratings on the USA Network. Every time that there is a takeover, it is a full. There's never been a bad takeover. There's never been a bad NXT takeover. I think Triple H is in the right direction. I do scratch my head on a few things here, like um, as of late or last month, but it's. But I've never thought, okay, this is just, this is just a bad product. It's never been a bad product. I do wonder why the Forgotten Sons are babyfaces now. <laughs> I do wonder about that. I also wonder about Velveteen Dream coming in cold uh, in his matchup. Um, I, I thought that his match with Roderick St Strong was one of the worst main events aid uh, that uh, NXT's ever had. Uh, I thought that that was weird, but it does not bring down the company. It's just certain things that happen. As I mentioned, there is no perfect wrestling show. Um, but I thought that Velveteen Dream uh, coming in rusty... And that's actually no excuse. They should have a better match. And by the way, every match doesn't have to look like ballet. Everything has doesn't have to be 100% precision. Every match cannot be Omega Okada, Steamboat Flair. It, 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 everything can't be perfect. It can be a little roughhousing in there where there's a mistime, misstep here and now. Because it's supposed to be a fight, right? It's supposed to be an actual fight. Um, but I thought that the creative for that was bad, and I thought the match was bad. If there is someone that you're going to wrestle that has your family's likeness on their tights, would you want to beat their ass? Okay. If say, if it's your girlfriend, say, if it's your boyfriend, say, if it's your, you know, significant other, say, if it's your family members, they have, you know, uh, pictures and they've got likenesses of their uh, picture on their tights. When you want to beat their ass, Roderick strong. It was so weird because this is Rick rude in reverse. If you remember Rick Rude in the late 80s, 88, 89, when he was doing this to Jake Roberts, Rick Rude was the, the heel and putting uh, Jake Roberts' wife's face on his tights, on the crotch of his tights or the back of his tights. And so that made sense for Velveteen Dream to do this as a babyface trying to get Roderick Strong to be mad. It doesn't work. It makes Roderick Strong the babyface. And Velveteen Dream is supposed to be the heel in this, but people don't want to boo Velveteen. That's why the reaction was kind of weird this past Wednesday on NXT. doesn't make the product bad. It's just that that's a misstep. They try to do Rick Rude in reverse, and it just it doesn't work. They need to ash can this rivalry, this feud, or end it some, some way, shape, or form, but that did not work. That was one of the, that's one of the worst main events I've seen uh, in NXT, not just this year, for the last couple of years. Um, so speaking of NXT, some thoughts from Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano was on TMZ Sports talking about NXT. He says NXT is the best wrestling show on the planet. Also talks about his turn. You saw on uh, TakeOver where um, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, 
Uh, there was a little bit of a turn there as Ciampa was trying to get that NXT championship, and it didn't work out. You know, since turning heel, have you gotten a lot of hate online? Are, are people going at you on uh, like Twitter, Instagram? Are you getting attacked? Uh, I honestly haven't looked. Uh, I haven't checked any of that out. Uh, the show happened Sunday. It happened. What happened, happened. And I think, like I said earlier, the people that know why, they'll figure it out. Like I said, if you, leave, if you look deep down inside yourself, you'll find your answer. What's your message, Johnny, to all your fans out there, guys who are, like, looking at your Instagram and you're going to, like, you know, taking the kids to, like, Disney or doing all these, like, these really cool things, and now they look at you like you're a bad dude. What's your message to those people? I'm still the same Johnny Gargano. I think for the first time in a long time, though, my eyes are wide open. I think I'm seeing things with a new perspective. I'm seeing things under a new light. And we'll see what comes of that. But I'm still the same guy. I'm still the same Johnny. I wake up every morning, look at Candace, I look in the mirror, and have a smile on my face, and I know I'm a good person. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Johnny, about anything, about, about Finn, Tommaso, anybody else? Now is the time. Now is the time. Well, about Finn, about Tommaso... I have nothing to say about them, but I will say, as the face of NXT, as the heart and soul of NXT, as quite possibly the greatest performer of a generation, I will say to watch every Wednesday night, USA Network, 8 p.m., you're not going to want to miss it. It, it. It's been fun. Is You know how people used to talk about NXT like leagues? It doesn't feel yeah. more. That's BS. It is, right? This is, it feels yes. like... That's complete garbage. And it's something that me and a lot of guys have worked to dispel for a very, very long time. So anyone out there who uses the words main roster when talking about Raw and SmackDown, how about you watch the show on Wednesday night? You'll see the real main roster. You'll see, a, you'll see the best wrestling show on the planet. You will see the best locker room on the planet led by me. That's what you will see on Wednesday night. So main roster, developmental, you're stupid if you use those words. You're stupid. Quit it. Well, <laughs> strong words there from Johnny Gargano. You are stupid if you don't think that NXT is main roster material. All right. Some strong words there from Johnny Gargano. Let's talk about WrestleMania taking place in Tampa, WrestleMania 36. I want to talk to you a little bit about this because I'm wondering, where can we see WrestleMania 36? Will it be the WWE Network or will it be someplace else? I think that's a question that we have to ask because the WWE, based on its last conference call, you can go back in the archives of the TWT podcast and hear it for yourself. I think that there are some thoughts from Vince McMahon and the WWE that they're going to put their major tentpole events like Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, WrestleMania. Um, I think that they're in SummerSlam. I think they're thinking about maybe moving those tentpole events to a different platform to be able to garner more money. I always thought that the idea of 
the major events for the WWE and giving WrestleMania away for free or charging nine ninety nine, especially for their major events, was always dumb. They did that just to be able to get more people under the tent, for more people to subscribe to the, the app, and it just hasn't worked out very well. And one of the major reasons why I watch the, NXT, why I watch, um, the WWE Network is because of the NXT UK, to go back in the archives of old school wrestling. But otherwise, I don't really utilize that app very much like I used to. They used to have a much broader, vast library of old school wrestling that they would put up there. Uh, things that were in the vault that we thought we would never see and we're seeing. No, no, There's like no commentary, but it's just the camera shot, the action in the ring from stuff from the 70s and 80s. I really like that stuff because it gives an idea of what wrestling was like during that time. And they stopped using the vault as much. And I just think that that was a mistake because that turned me off as a viewer. Because I'm like, I'm utilizing this app because I want to see the old school stuff in my NXT UK and some of the documentaries that the WWE does. And so um, I think there is a feeling that the WWE Network at some point is going to go away. And that they're just going to put their major events and charge what they charge for, like the fight that took place this past Saturday. Um they think I think they're gonna charge sixty bucks, seventy bucks for WrestleMania, and I think that's gonna be on platforms like DAZN or ESPN Plus, and or other apps like that. I think that there's a possibility. Couldn't wouldn't surprise me if WrestleMania is on ESPN Plus, uh, or if it's on some other type of streaming service because the WWE Network's not getting it. It's a great idea to have your own network, but if you can't have more than three or four million people that want to subscribe, especially when the content is cheap, $9.99 a month, or sometimes these pay-per-views are free to have people sign up, um, that business model did not work. Even when you gave it away for free, it still didn't work. That thing should be the most popular app going, and it's not. Um, so there's going to be some changes with the WrestleMania 36 card. And I'm wondering if these changes are happening because th this show is going to be on a different platform. They just can't go with the same old, same old and think that, well, it's a WWE network, so people will watch anyway. No, I think that if it's ESPN Plus or if it's on the Fox app or some other app, you want to have the best of the best. You want to have the best card possible. So Dave Meltzer talked about this on Wrestling Observer, how there's going to be uh, changes Immediately was this WrestleMania 36 card. It was going one way and then not so much. But what I wonder is, is if they're going to use this WrestleMania to make some new players, maybe a Shayna, Drew McIntyre, well, that's whether that's a hope. Keith Lee. But Keith Lee's not on the card, at least yet. But and he probably won't be because he'll probably be on the card the night before. Right. But if you, I, I was, I was looking at the um, the quotes coming out of the WrestleMania in LA press conference, mm -hmm. and they were like teasing Rock and they're teasing Ronda. So it was almost like, yeah, we're yeah. gonna have the big WrestleMania in, in LA. Yes. And this Tampa one, we maybe we just try and make some new stars out of it or something. Mm, it doesn't look like they're trying to make two. You know, I mean, the newest star they're trying to make is Edge. So, <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I guess you could say Shayna. You know. And, and Rhea Ripley, you know, but but um, but not, yeah, not really a lot. I mean, Drew, you know, I, I guess Drew for sure. You know, I mean, he's been around and kind of floating, and now he's, you know, he's, you know, going to be in. I don't know if it's the main event. It could be the main event. I mean, the, you know, the 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 way I saw 
it listed the main event as a match. It's no longer on the card, so I don't know <laughs> what the main event is anymore. So, so you had a lot of stuff in the recent Observer about WrestleMania, but since you wrote it, like stuff has changed. A lot's changed. Um, the only two matches that I have written about that have changed. And I don't know if it's 100% changed, but I was pretty much told that they've changed is um, Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns and John Cena and Elias. But I believe there's about five or six matches in total that have changed. But those are the other the other ones are matches that I hadn't reported yet anyway. Um, A lot of people think Goldberg's beating The Fiend. Um, I mean, when I heard that change, I mean, obviously, that's the first thing you think of is that Gold. You know, I mean, as soon as they announced Goldberg and The Fiend, I mean, everyone thought the same thing. What do you want to see more, The Fiend? And it's, it's a really an, it's an indictment of, of modern wrestling completely. Could it's, SmackDown have done some fantastic rating on Friday? They didn't. The rating on Friday was, um, you know, the Friday was a little bit down from the week before. I mean, they're at a high level, but they've had Goldberg, Hogan, Goldberg, mm-hmm. and the Bellas. You know, not necessarily the Bellas are big draws, but they haven't been around. And usually when you bring people back, they, they help draw. And then next week, which I think will be the biggest of all, is... Um, Cena, and it's also the day after their pay-per-view, you know, the Saudi pay-per-view. So I think that Friday, this coming Friday, SmackDown will do a big number. Um, and then after that, I think that it probably, you know, I don't know what you do after that once you've seen Cena. You know, I think that's probably, you know, the, you know, and Saudi is over. So then, you know, I don't know. But I mean, even, even some interesting things in the sense of, um, um, what was it? Um, yeah, they did an interview with Lacey. They, they announced... The six women for the chamber, and then Lacey Evans did an interview saying she's in the chamber and she wasn't even one of those six. So you can see, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I took that interview as her goal is to take out one of the women so that she could be in that match. But that's going to be hard because they're all raw women and she's yeah. not on Raw. So um, I mean, not that anything can't happen in WWE that you know, you know, anything is possible. But it sure seemed to me with that Lacey interview. You know, when I watched it, I thought, oh, they're building Lacey for Bailey for Mania, and Naomi's going to do the Super Showdown. And Naomi and and um, Naomi and Bailey at one point was the Mania match, so that could be an, uh, yet another change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of changes. Uh, essentially, I mean, there there there's like um, there's I think there's a Raw change too, but basically the SmackDown side of things. Um, let me just see if any of the SmackDown. Um, yeah, like the SmackDown side of things is, I, I would say either every match on Smack on the SmackDown side is either going to change or is in danger of changing. I don't think that there's one that's solid anymore as far as the Mania thing goes. Um, you know, I heard that. I guess it was actually yesterday was when I first heard that. You know, like Smack everything's you know everything's up in the air in SmackDown, and then I heard the same thing from several other people. And then when today I got like I don't have a new card, but I do know like those two matches I mentioned are are. Are right now look like they're off mm-hmm. and what that means i don't know um i mean does that mean i mean like when I, when I look at bray wyatt if bray wyatt is to beat goldberg who else is there but roman reigns i mean there's nobody else cena it could they could do cena they could do bray wyatt and cena but i guess you could do that one or you could have put him against a heel but you know what, what heel what heel would you put him against um None of the heels are hot enough. Sheamus? Oh, it's not hot enough. Yeah. I mean, I know they're definitely pushing. They're definitely pushing Sheamus. They're definitely pushing Sheamus. I suppose you could put him against Braun Strowman, 
but uh, you know, I don't. You could. You I mean you could? He's he's been protected. Um, and then for Cena, you know, I I suppose Bray, but you know, who else is there? Baron Corbin. Um, somebody outside the box. I mean, who else on the heel side? Sheamus. But Cena and Sheamus. I mean, I would say Cena and Sheamus is 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 definitely above way above Cena and Elias. But it's still kind of a disappointing match for for Cena. Yeah. Interesting thoughts there from Dave Meltzer and company on Wrestling Observer Live. You can find that on WrestlingObserver.com. Raw ratings are out. They were number one in cable, one, two, and three in cable, even though the numbers were down. Um, They were 2.2 million viewers or... Let me put it this way, 2.6 million viewers in hour one, 2.5 in hour two, down to 2 million viewers and change in hour number three. Uh, Boy, those numbers are far cry from the good old days. I remember uh, TNA used to draw 2-2, and and they were garbage. (laughs) And they used to draw in the low twos during the time. It was just a different era now for wrestling. I I just will never be, again, a three-hour Monday Night Raw fan. It's just those shows, Raw and SmackDown, are just tailored for Vince. And the NXT show is tailored for Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And NXT UK is for uh, Triple H. I'd rather look at wrestling through Triple H's eyes than Vince's as of late. Some of the stuff you see there, just the psychology is just head-scratching. I just don't don't understand it. And I'm not going to spend this entire podcast just kind of going through... Every little thing is just, you know, they they have come up with nothing for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins should be sitting out until WrestleMania if all you have for him is the Monday Night Messiah. You take the buddy off of Buddy Murphy. Why? Why is he just called Murphy? And, you know, the AOP should be a great tag team at the top of the ranks, and they're just kind of just two security guys pretty much. They're not doing what they need to do. It's just, it's... Really a head-scratcher. Samoa Joe suspended by the WWE for his first violation of the company's wellness policy. Thought that was interesting to see that, that Samoa Joe has been suspended. Looks Look forward to seeing what he's going to do now once he does return to the company after being suspended. Um, and I want to get to this from Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson on The Arn Show uh, was talking about some frustrations that he's had when he worked for the WWE. Th- what I'm, what you're going to hear is something that you've probably heard before as far as someone that used to work for the WWE that was in the circle, that was in the bubble for the WWE, and just didn't understand some things that were going on. Um, in this latest episode of The Arn Show, in which Conrad Thompson and the enforcer Arn Anderson go over Elimination Chamber 2018, they were talking about that pay-per-view and it's kind of more of a modern uh, look uh, podcast-wise because you, you usually don't get a review of a show this recent. Uh, but they were talking about Elimination Chamber and talking about Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Remember, Arn Anderson, not only 30-plus years in the business, but also used to be an agent, used to be a producer for the WWE for many years. And as we've talked about in this program, his voice was just kind of shut down over the years in which 
he was an experienced guy. Then all of a sudden, his voice was not needed anymore. And the WWE, it was kind of shouted down by Vince and others as the writers have more autonomy than the former wrestlers in that company. When you talk to former uh, employees of the WWE, you can find out what's really going on. The writers have way more of an upper hand than the actual uh, producers slash agents that ride with these wrestlers town after town after town uh, throughout the years. Kind of strange, but that's what's going on. Uh, some thoughts from Arn Anderson about both Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. No, he was not happy at all. So we'll go into that in just a moment because Arn's a guy that loved both of those guys as wrestlers. <sighs> Well, I mean, this this has been beat, you know, it's like a dead horse. It's been beaten to death, and people have analyzed it and reanalyzed it and all those things. Um, Roman Reigns is a pro. He is an asset to their company. Um, he's a badass. He's a Samoan killing machine underneath all that gentlemanly conduct that that's what you get from Roman. He's a gentleman. He's a soft-spoken gentleman. I wouldn't piss him off, um, but I think he has been shoved and shoved and shoved and put in uncomfortable scenarios promo-wise that haven't allowed him to just be what he is. And you go back and you can, I don't know the number of times Roman and the Shield have switched to heel, baby face, heel, baby face, heel, baby face. But I know the audience couldn't tell you that either, but they also know where a guy fits in their mind on the roster. Is he a heel, is he a baby face? Or they also know if a guy's being shoved too hard, our audience, for some reason, just shoves back. Unless you have a case of a guy that basically came from nowhere and was told on a shoot he was too small or he was too short or he didn't have enough personality like a Daniel Bryan, who the audience absolutely adored. And they got in his hip pocket and pushed him to incredible heights. Uh, Roman... You know, it's 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 a shame because the guy is a star, he is a megastar and and should be perceived as one. I think Braun Strowman we all know to be a monster. But you don't have to have him just do ridiculous things like pull the Tron down and flip an eighteen wheeler over to show me that the guy's a monster. That goes beyond being a monster. You know, you pick up the rear end of a vehicle and the tires are sitting there spinning. The question would be, if you push a guy and build a guy that hard and you go that far with making him supernatural, what opponent is ever going to get him hurt? And if you can't hurt him, how can you feel for him? And if you can't feel for him, how can he ever be your champion? You know, when these things are being done for these guys, you just sit there and look and you go, you're just going to do more damage than good here. This is not plausible. For a guy to turn an 18-wheeler over, come on. 
So thoughts there from AA Arn Anderson on the Arn Podcast from Westwood One. You can download that podcast for yourself. All right. So I will talk to you again later on this week for another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here, wherever you download your podcast. Don't forget to support us on Instagram, Wrestling TWT on Twitter at Wrestling TWT on YouTube, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And I appreciate you listening wherever you might be listening to us from the United States and abroad. Hey, reach out to me, UTHpods at Outlook.com. That's UTHpods at Outlook.com. Email me or send me something on social media. Tell me about the show. Tell me your thoughts on some of the topics that we've covered every single week right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. We'll talk to you next time. Later in the week, we get closer to AEW Revolution and more right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.